Welcome, everybody, to the Patty G Show. I'm your host, Patty G, here with Drew and Thomas from Sugarfield Spirits. We're going to be drinking some good brews, some good bat- some good Louisiana brews, and sampling them and tasting them and talking about the story. Awesome. So for those that aren't aware what Sugarfield is, what is Sugarfield? So Sugarfield Spirits is a, a craft distillery in Gonzales, Louisiana. Uh, we currently are making... Uh, spirits from mostly Louisiana products. Uh, as much as we can, we're sourcing locally. Uh, we make a vodka made from uh, cane sugar from Bell Rose. Okay. Our white rum is made from uh, molasses and sugar from Bell Rose. We have an orange liqueur. Um, the oranges came from Napoleonville. Okay. Um, we have a coffee liqueur. Uh, the coffees are white rum uh, blended with uh, uh, cold brewed coffee from Rev Coffee Roasters in Lafayette. Shout out to Rev Coffee. Hey, Rev. Rev Coffee. Awesome. We might be dabbling in some Rev Coffee yeah. liqueur yeah. Later, this, later this show. Um, uh, we just released a peach liqueur. Okay. Our peaches came from Waterproof, uh, which is the most ostentatious name for a city in Louisiana. <laughs> since it's right on the river. Yeah. Um, Waterproof right on the river. We'll yeah. see how they fare on Wednesday. Yeah. Or when this is live. We'll see. Um, uh, you know, I think we, we did a strawberry liqueur back in the spring. Strawberries were from Springfield. Okay. Um, right by the Ponchatoula area where yep. the strawberry festival is so famous. Yep. We wanted so. to go so bad this year. And didn't, happen. didn't happen. We'll be there next year. Yeah. yeah. But you, you brought it to you. Yeah. You brought the strawberries to you. Right. Yeah. And made something with it. Yeah. And that, was a, that was a big hit. We sold out of that pretty quick. Uh, the cocktails made with that are just, uh, they're out of this world. They're so good. Yeah. So what, what do you make with that as a cocktail? So, uh... I know everybody here has heard of a strawberry daiquiri. We're not talking yeah. about the, the... Not the frozen daiquiri. Yeah, you get the daiquiri, daiquiri shop yeah, yeah. You know, for the drive through yeah. daiquiris we have here. But like a proper daiquiri, which is just lime juice, a simple syrup, and rum. You combine them together, and they make a beautiful cocktail. And it's such a classic cocktail. It, it's the basis for a lot of the other cocktails that we make here and that are you know, made in other bars. Mm-hmm. Uh, like your simple like whiskey sours that all came from you know the Daiquiri. sours the daiquiri and uh, okay I did not know sour. that yeah man yeah. Yeah. okay so we've got Sugarfield Spirits the distillery here y'all make all these local brews or these local craft distills how did y'all get started with this like what how why what's y'all's background Are y'all in distilling I know you're not you know but how how did how did we get here how did so, Sugarfield you know, get created Drew and I um. We're, we're drinking one night and thought, hey, let's do this. And we woke up the next morning and it was still kind of a good idea. Um, so that's, that's really kind of the genesis of this. Yep. Uh, but, you know, I think I've been thinking about it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't really think about it, but doctors mostly have chemistry degrees or biology degrees. Right. So what's your background? So I, I went to Georgia Tech with a, um, and started off as a chemical engineer. Okay. And finished up as a microbiology major. So that's kind of the perfect training to be a distiller. Um, All right. And then, um, so our mom still can't really believe that the two of us went into business with each other because we're very different brothers. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I see yeah. that. You, um, know. you know, Drew has a master's degree in hotel and restaurant management. Yeah. Um, and okay. I have yeah. a, I have a, an undergraduate in microbiology and, and, you know, have, so I'm kind of the, I like the chemistry side of it. I like the, 
um, you know, making things work. And Drew likes the hospitality side of it. Drew loves the making cocktails. You know, we, we always laugh about when, when, I, when I bring a spirit out, Drew uh, starts with, uh, like, where is this going to work in a cocktail? And I try to deconstruct the spirit. I'm like, you know, this is, these are the flavors I get. And that really kind of plays well with each other. Uh, Drew does a good job of taking my kind of raw knowledge, the, you know, breaking down the spirit and changing it into a, uh, um, a way to like, you know, how do you work with the spirit in a, in a craft cocktail sort of idea? Yeah. And that's kind of what I got the balance there. You're like, well, how do we create the base layer for then to be transposed into something that people will drink, whether it's straight or in a little mixed drink? Yeah, right, right. And uh, uh, another great thing is uh, everything has to pass through me and Thomas and our head distiller, Dean. We kind of all uh, have very different palates, and we're, we're, it's pretty unique. But uh, uh, so far, we haven't had anything. Well, first off, we're making awesome spirits. That oh, helps. Naturally. When you're putting awesome stuff in bottles, it's easy to get thumbs up from people with different palates. Uh, but for me, what it really comes down to is, you know, certain spirits have to work in certain certain cocktails because mm -hmm. if you have a, like say you have a vodka that doesn't make a good martini that, that's not a good vodka you gotta you gotta have a vodka that works in several different drinks because uh people that drink vodka they drink a a drink like mm -hmm. they drink martinis or they drink vodka tonics or they drink vodka sodas or and if it doesn't work in in that one cocktail that's going to be their experience with our spirit. So we have to make sure that it, you know, it's it's broad enough that it, you know, works in all the different cocktails, but uh, still delicious and, uh, you know, oh, yeah, balanced and. So. Yeah, you have to, you have to make it because for something like a like a vodka or something like that, or even just a rum, people are familiar with it enough that they have this expectation of what it should taste like, and if it doesn't meet that expectation or isn't so different enough that it's like, oh, this is so unique, right. then they kind of just like, well. I didn't really taste it that well. It wasn't really my go-to. Let me just go ahead and switch it over and get something else. Right. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that's like our vodka. So our vodka is made from local products. So, you know, it's made from cane sugar, which is a different. Most vodkas out there aren't made from cane sugar. Most what are they made from? So, um, you know, Tito's is made from corn, for example. Uh, uh, let's see. Goose is made from uh, wheat. Wheat. Yeah. Um, uh, Absolute's made from red wheat. Uh, Chopin is made from potatoes. Potatoes, yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, there's a lot of different ways you can make vodka, but at the end of the day, you need to make a relatively odorless, flavorless com uh, uh, spirit that mixes well. So that's kind of the definition from the federal government, the definition for, you know, kind of out there on what, a, what makes a good vodka. And... I think ours ours sets or ours meets that bar mm. or exceeds that bar, um, but it's still doing it with um, being made from a local product. Right. So yeah, that's kind of our that was our goal with our vodka was to make something that mixed super well, and 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 came out, you know, was unique, but not unique enough that it it missed the being able to mix well. Gotcha. So how did you determine you could make it with? Raw cane sugar. Um, you know, there's, uh, I've had some before that were made from raw cane sugar. Okay. Um, and again, you just, it, it has to be clean. Uh, you know, it has to come off the still at, at over 190 proof. Uh, that's the federal government definition of a vodka. 
Okay. Uh, and so it has to, it has to be super clean. It has to be super uh, super smooth. Plus, um, the the reason we did we did sugar is it's because it's what we have available. Here. Absolutely, we so, have a lot of sugar yeah. available. So so goose <laughs> great goose has a lot of weed available. Yeah. Okay. You know, uh, uh, Tito's they have a lot of corn available. Like that's like you take whatever you have. Like those those the distilleries in Russia, they make it from from potatoes. They don't make it from potatoes because they want to make it from potatoes. They make it from potatoes because that's the only thing they have around that they have left over. To, you know. Yeah, I, I guess that's like I, in my head, it's like okay, you've got so vastly different beginning ingredients. How do you end up at the same quote unquote product? Sure. Yeah. And you know, I think the other thing. So spirits were really like historically mm-hmm. were a way to preserve your agricultural products beyond their shelf life. Uh, so, you know, and it also made it easier to transport. You, bourbon, for example, you know, whiskey was made from corn, which was a, a big product in the, you know, Appalachia. And, you know, you could travel, I mean, so, you know, probably a barrel of corn probably has a thousand pounds of corn in it. Jesus. I'm oh, sorry. A barrel of, of bourbon has about a thousand pounds oh, of corn okay. in it. Gotcha. So you know, you're, it was a way to um, to transport your product at a smaller weight, easier volume, but it was also a way to preserve it. Um, you know, where it didn't rot on the way to market. So um, a lot of liqueurs were that way. It was a way to kind of preserve your strawberries, like our strawberry liqueur, beyond strawberry season. You know, strawberry, okay. especially pre-refrigeration. You know, you picked it, and the next day it wasn't good. So you would, like, store the strawberries or store the corn in the actual spirit? Yeah, so you would make the spirit out of it immediately. Right. And then it was a way to kind of preserve it. It was a way to, uh, you know, you know I, I think the, the in Europe, for example, like the liqueurs, I think a big part of it was the, the people, you know, during cherry season they would make a cherry liqueur. And then in the middle of the, you know, the dark, damp winter, you could drink that and re- remember what it was like to, for the summer. It was kind of a, it was like a memory. And I think spirits are so cool the way they, they bring out memories. Yes. And I think that that was, the, that was a lot of the genesis of how uh, liqueurs and other spirits, you know, kind of made you remember summer in the middle of the winter. Yeah, because um, my family's got a, a kumquat brandy recipe where we'll start with regular brandy and homegrown mm-hmm. kumquats. And, you know, we'll, we'll poke the kumquats, put toothpicks in there, and then do your sugar, and you mix it. And then you store it for, like, six weeks, six, eight weeks mm-hmm. just in a dark closet. And then you bring it out, and you eat one of those kumquats, and yeah. <laughs> you'll be ready for bed after that. Right, right. on. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I mean, again, you know, kumquats are only available a month or two out of the year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being able to bring something like that out in July – you know, it's not kumquat season, right? But it kind of reminds you what it was like, and you know, around the holidays, and and it, it, it evokes all these cool memories, right? Um, so that that's that's one of the reasons I love doing liqueurs in season, um, is to you know kind of evoke those memories from from that season later on in the year. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, and that's another thing we want to kind of bring up. Uh, each year, our our liqueurs are going to be a little different, mm-hmm. and. Uh, we, we believe in consistency in some of our products uh, and other products. We, 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 we don't even try for consistency. Like next year, strawberries are going to taste different than this year's strawberries. So our liqueur is going to taste a little different too. And uh, I, I guarantee you it's going to be delicious, but it's going to be 2021's strawberry liqueur. Right. And, 
you know, like the peach liqueur that we did this this year, man, it turned out it turned out awesome. And uh, like we've been just playing around with it. We released it this past weekend, and I've been playing around with it all week uh, with uh, with cocktails, just making different stuff, and it just shines in everything you put it in. It, it's it's really bold, and it, it just comes out with with just a big punch of peaches. Yeah. Now okay. next year it's going to be a little different. Right, uh, and that's, yeah. I think that's the cool thing about using you know locally sourced food, and each year it's going to be different. You have a little bit of variation. Right. So, you know, if if you're looking at it from a collector standpoint, you know, it's like, oh, what was the best year yeah. of the peaches? What was the best year of the strawberries? And if they have that bottle, well, yeah, it's going to gain value over time. But it's the flavoring can be different, and it's oh, you know, well, I wonder what 2021 is going to taste like. You almost right. kind of build that anticipation of that first bottle pour is what is it going to taste like this year? And it's so interesting because like in spirits, you don't really ever think about that. Yeah. But in wine, you think about that immediately. Yeah. Do you have a 2016, you know, Sauvignon right, Blanc right. or something like yeah, that? Yeah, exactly. From yeah. this specific pasture. Right. And the, the French always celebrate that. You know, mm -hmm. the French have this phrase called terroir, um, which I, I think literally means like the earth. But, you know, their idea is that you know, this bottle of wine encapsulates everything that was that was 2016 or 2017. You know, it was you know it was the you know the fact that it hailed in May. You know, it, there was a late frost. You know, it was hot in July, um, and it, it involves the winemaker's skill, the equipment that he made it on, the ground that it was grown on, and all those things go into that bottle. And the French are like. And, and winemakers in general are, are always so excited. They're like, you know, this one is different than last year. It's, you know, we love this one because of, of these flavors. And spirit manufacturers never do that. You know, they're always like, you know, we love Maker's Mark. Right. And I love Maker's Mark. It's a great bourbon, but it's always consistent. Mm -hmm. I think we've done a really nice job of, uh, you know, our vodka's, is very consistent. Our rum's very consistent. Um, our coffee liqueur is very consistent. Um, we going through our different spirits to figure out which ones. <laughs> yeah, I can see the wheels. Maybe, the maybe our corn, maybe our corn is consistent. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, I think everything else is going to be. We're gonna we're gonna love the inconsistencies of it. Mm -hmm. We're gonna love the fact that you know, the strawberries. You know, it's it's similar. It's going to mix similarly. It, it's going to be delicious, like Drew said. Right. But it's, uh, it's going to be a little different because the strawberries grew in a different year. Mm -hmm. um, you, know, um, you know, and I'd love to, I, I hope that every year it's better. Um, I think as we've gone through our batches of bourbon, we're on batch five right now. Um, I think Drew and I have gotten experience. Right. Cheers. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, we've, I think ours is, this is, the, um, this is the best one we've done so far. Okay. Uh, and, you know, but I love the individuality of each of the batches. I think we'll do batches of bourbon for as long as we're doing bourbon. Okay, um, so individual yeah. batches pertaining to that specific year yeah. and not just a continuous roll of bourbon. Yeah, we'll never have a specific bourbon that's going to be sugar-filled spirits. This is, this is the bourbon that's, you know, this, this is it. And uh, it's going to be like, like, you know, Jim Beam. Jim Beam has their one specific bourbon and... This year, it's going to taste the same as it did last year, the year before, and every year it's the same. And the way they do that, I think that's amazing. I think it's like I yeah. think that might even be harder than consistently making just good bourbon. Yeah. 
I mean, making a specific taste and texture and mouthfeel to a, like, it, it, that involves a lot of real technique. And uh, I think maybe one day we may do something like that, but not for years and years. And the way they do that, uh, a big way they do that, is they're using, you know, 100 barrels mm -hmm. instead of uh, our, last, barrels, yeah. our, our last, or 1,000 barrels. Our last batch five is seven barrels. So, okay. So, so like you get a lot more flavors and a lot more like, and we pick you get a lot more individuality. Yeah. yeah, we specifically pick these barrels for this blend. Uh, we don't we don't do anything here on accident. Like everything that's that's done, we meticulously go through it. And that's one thing that Thomas and I have talked about. We talk about terroir, we talk about everything, but but when it comes to bourbon, we're looking to perfect our bourbon skills. And uh, our bourbon Sorry. is aging right now. Uh, we, we're going to have a, a Louisiana bourbon out here uh, as soon as we can. Uh, we're an all Louisiana bourbon. And all, yeah. 100%. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah. all, because yeah. the, the bourbons you've got now are blends of right, other right. bourbons from across the area. But y'all yeah. have a pure Louisiana bourbon set in how many, how many years, do you think? Uh, three? Three or four. Three yeah. or four three years? Four. Okay. Yeah. I don't yeah. think we'll ever – we have some stuff that's probably about six to eight months old right now that's our, that was made – completely here mm -hmm. but we're also we, we're buying young barrels and aging them here and things that age here are going to age differently than things that age in kentucky mm -hmm. um is that anywhere yeah. or anywhere this um, is such a yeah. unique climate yeah. <laughs> we're, at, we're at you know sea level or right. something <laughs> below sea level yeah and and the humidity here is obviously for eight months out of the year is a lot yeah well, um some would and, say. and and yeah. humidity some, some say 13 months out of the yeah, year well, um, humidity does a big thing with um, with how water comes out of the barrel. You know, alcohol is probably a fairly consistent pull out of the barrel um, from evaporation, but we're not going to have very much evaporation of water here. Um, you know, if anything, you'll have like an intake of water, if that's possible. I don't know if it'll it'll, it'll go into the barrel, but it's certainly not going to come out at the same rate that it would in a drier climate like like Kentucky. Okay, Kentucky has big seasonal variation we have seasonal variation between really hot and <laughs> kind of hot we, we have a summer and a a, a, a hint of a fall right, right. yeah and second I mean, summer then yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, <laughs> we have summer when it's you can't go outside and then the rest of the year that's beautiful so yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, except for the hurricanes. Well, yeah, except for the hurricanes. You know, we wouldn't think it would be in October and still thinking about hurricanes and actually experiencing one in a couple of days. Yes. Right. Absolutely. It's not what you expect. But on the business side of things, you don't sure. just walk into this building and have a, a distillery in the back. How, how did all this come about? Um, so, you know, first of all, I'd like to give a shout out to the LSU Business Incubator. Okay. Um, you know, they, they really helped a lot. Uh, we That was one of the first calls I made, and they um, helped me put together most of my business plan. They helped me put, uh, you know, helped me with contacts. So Charlie D'Agostino and um, um, Matthew Wiggins at the, at the Business Incubator did a, um, you know, a, a jam up job of helping kind of starting this. That started in about 2017, when I first met with them. Okay. Uh, the, um, and we ended up building this building ourselves. Okay, so um, this wasn't a purchase and remodel. No, this was a built building from the ground up. 
Um, and no, nobody wanted to give us a building and let us tear floor drains out and do all that. Like yeah. It's, yeah, nobody yeah. wanted to lease us a building and let us like <laughs> make the modifications that we really right. wanted to make. So um, it was an, um, you know, I've never built anything in my life. So that was an interesting experience. I bet. Uh, and we've, yeah, but we were able to make this building our own, which was cool. Yeah. Uh, and we, so we built the building, um, you know, it's, uh, very functional for what we need and you know we're very proud of it yeah so were, um, were you able to like source the equipment in louisiana or did you have to look outside of louisiana because i don't think louisiana is a big producer of said equipment um there was not a producer of distilling equipment in louisiana um i've since found a producer of brewing equipment in louisiana oh yeah we've got um, what so, a handful of breweries mm -hmm. across the state yeah you know? there's a producer of um, brewing equipment in, in new orleans now okay um but i, I bought our equipment from a guy in missouri uh, and we, um, you, know, you know, we have great equipment. Um, we're very, very, the, the equipment's done very, very well for us. Yeah, and I mean, then with your background, you're able to go through it and really mm -hmm. kind of meticulously craft the yeah. ingredients, like you said. Between Dean and I, yeah. we, we both, you know, have. Yeah, and my brother's, he's, he's being humble. He's, he's a real nice. I, I'm going to go ahead and brag a little bit. We, we do have. Uh, uh, we have a, two different stills. So we have a 125-gallon still and a 625-gallon still. And uh, that, Thomas, right, that makes us the third Probably largest, around the third around or fourth, the third largest. fourth largest distillery in the state. So okay. Far. And uh, it, not that it's a competition because right. certainly it's not. We're, yeah. we're, in the, we're in the guild with, uh, we're in the distillers guild. In fact, Thomas sits on the board in the distillers guild. And uh, uh, we want to see everybody. All, we want to see everybody drinking everything Louisiana. If everybody does that, this Distillers Guild is gonna is gonna blow up like the Brewers Guild did. Because when I drink beer, I don't I don't drink beer that's not from this state. Same with spirits. Now that I you know have a distillery, uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, the uh, <laughs> uh, I, I think it's very important to you know support your local community, support your local businesses. And uh, that's what we do. We try to we try to partner with as many local businesses as we can. Uh, I don't want to get ahead of myself and, and throw out names of people that we're working with, but we've got a bunch of little collaborations that we're doing. I mean, we we, we do team up with Rev Coffee on our coffee liqueur. We've got some more good collaborations going with some different stuff like that coming up. So uh, absolutely, yeah. I like it. So on the the marketing side, how do you market a local distilled spirit? Well, uh, I guess that's a question for me, huh? Yeah. So, <laughs> well, how do you do it in 2019, and how do you do it in the middle yeah, what's, of coronavirus? What's the, what, yeah, what's, what's the comparison <laughs> between 2019? So, well, let's, let's start with our marketing plan. Let's okay? do that. So, so the marketing plan was uh, what we were going to do is uh, we really are going to focus on our backyard, our, it, it, Louisiana, specifically Baton Rouge, Gonzales, uh, our our background, our, our, our backyards, literally. And uh, we want to we wanna be in every, you know, uh, behind every bar. We want to be, you know, in, in every restaurant that we can. And... Uh, yeah, that was our complete marketing plan was <laughs> restaurants and bars. And then, we went into distribution March 1st. Right. Um, and of 2020? Of 2020. Of 2020. Yeah, we started um, this so that, that plan didn't work the way we wanted it to. But being a being a small, I mean, we are super small. Like uh, we're we're able to 
change and pivot. And uh, yeah. so instead of that, we went to off-premise and we went to retail and uh, just kind of pounded the pavement when we could. I mean, I mean, there was a whole month where three, three, where we kind of just sat staring at each other, saying, "Boy, this is this is not ideal." Well, we never actually stared at each other. We pivoted. We did we did hand sanitizer for a while because that was a big big ticket uh, item back in March where, uh, you know, all the hand sanitizer went off the shelves. Yeah. And uh, any cleaning product, yeah. any hand san hand sanitization product, any yes. mask or anything like that was gone. Gone. Yeah. Well, and, and, uh, and, and we decided, you know, I think there was a couple different ways you could do hand sanitizer. Um, we decided that the best way for, for, for us personally was, was to give it away. Okay. We never really thought that, sure. um, that, uh, 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 trying to to make money off of it, it just it it, it didn't feel right to, to me yeah. as a doctor. Um, and you know, I don't I don't know if that was the right idea. We we both we both we had a we had a big conversation about this, yeah. and we were both coming from the right place. There was never a time where we we said, "Boy, this is a a, a great money making opportunity," because. That's not what we were about. That's right. not what we're at a, about at all. Yeah, you're, we you're not a hand sanitizing company, right? Well, yeah, number we, one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that we want to make alcohol for people to enjoy and right. have great experiences with. Uh, but at the same time, the White House literally went to one of our one of the uh, big advocacy yeah, groups. big advocacy yeah. groups that are, that that uh, that we work with, and and said, hey, anything you guys can do to help with this catastrophe would be appreciated. And uh, we, got a, we got a recipe for, for the hand sanitizer and uh, the response from the community was, was astounding. And uh, uh, it, was, it, was, it was really great and we got to meet a lot of people. And uh, uh, I mean, there were days where we had cars backed all the way up the street and you still socially distanced and everything. And this was at the very beginning of that where you know nobody knew how to do it at first. And right. uh, we had to kind of be, kind of, you know, help, help people realize, Hey, you gotta, you gotta stay in your car until, until, yeah. until I call you, I'll call you, I promise. And, and, uh, we, we gave out as much as we could. So how do you pivot from making spirits to making hand sanitizer? I mean, for people that may know the behind the scenes work, it may be common knowledge. Oh, it's easy to do, but how is it done to a lay, like as a lay person explaining it to them, what, what is, what is the change in process? So, I mean, basically we just took our vodka. Okay. Uh, you know, vodka that comes off of the still at 190 plus proof, and the World Health Organization and the TTB, which is the alcohol part, and the FDA had put together uh, some guidelines for it, uh, and we went directly with with those guidelines. You know, we we used it for um, uh, we used the recipe that the, the World Health Organization had put forth. We wanted, when we first started doing it, we, we tried to do some thickening agents and the, the federal government and the FDA just said, don't do that. You know, just yeah. let's, let's make a, a super liquidy, but, but it's going to do the job. It had to be over, I don't even remember, all the, it had to be over 65% alcohol. So, yeah, over, so yeah. over 100 and, what is that? 130 proof. 130 proof. So yeah. um, I think ours was, I think, I think the World Health Organization recipe ended up being a about 160 proof yeah ours was over 100 yeah. a little over 160 proof so yeah. it was 
Uh, it definitely fell in the guidelines. Uh, it, it really helps whenever you're doing stuff like this to have somebody with my brother's experience. And, that I mean, chemistry just, knowledge. Yeah, he just looks at this stuff and he's like, oh, this is easy, Drew. Let me show you how to do it. And he shows me how to do it one time and I'm like, oh, I could do this. This right. is a piece of cake. And uh, so uh, th that's very helpful. And then uh, uh, on top of that, like uh, the only reason we stopped doing hand sanitizer was the uh, FDA started introducing new uh, guidelines. guidelines almost daily at one point. Yeah, there, we, there, was, there we, was a time, said, a point in time, and it was like, okay, well, if you didn't read the news this morning right. and the regulations this morning, your yeah. product you made last night was, you know, should be expired. Right. right. And, yeah. and, you know, but I also think that the, the need had passed. Yeah, the need, yeah. The, you know, Exxon had pivoted to making one of their lines to just make they got a isopropyl alcohol. Yeah. And they can make more isopropyl alcohol in a day than I can probably make in a year. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we, we I don't make those. isopropyl. Yeah. I make I make ethanol, but 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 same idea. I mean, and and you know, I mean, I think a lot of the bigger companies that had much more capacity stepped up as a you know, they don't they're a big ship. They don't turn quickly. You know, we pivoted really quickly to it. I think we were the first distillery in the state to to have it out. Yeah, I think we were. Uh, and we were one of the first. I mean, Drew even did some stuff some with some national news on it because um, we pivoted really quickly. Um, right. Yeah, because I saw the need. The, yeah. Like hospitals were running out of hand sanitizer. You don't really, I mean, you know, everybody out in the general population uses hand sanitizer now, but hospitals use tons of hand sanitizer. Um, and you know, just that, every time you walk into the room, you do it. Every time you walk out of the room, you do it. And you know, if you see 50 babies a day, like I do, that's, that's then, a lot. I mean, it's a lot. It's a hundred times. Yeah, just, I mean, just right there. Right. Just. And so, you know, it was, it was some, some of the hospitals in the state were actually running out. Oh, wow. Um, so that was when we started seeing that need, that's when we pivoted to it. Um, and, and, and of course, we did help the, the, the first responders first. Uh, we, we, we went in and helped some of the, the, the local hospitals. We helped fire departments, sheriff's departments, uh, police departments. State ATC. Yep. Uh, yeah, um, when, they, when they came and asked, we were like, yeah, yeah the, the, the governing body <laughs> for us, like, we gave them a, uh, all right, we'll, we'll give yeah, you yeah, some, we'll give you some. Yeah, we'll yeah, yeah. Uh, the license is yeah, good, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we gave, uh, I, I helped some school teachers daycares. out. Daycares. Uh, just anybody that we, 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 we could, we, we did. Yeah. And, uh, I, I had, literally, I had regulars here coming to, coming to get it every day. And they were like, I mean, how much can I get every day? And gave them the maximum amount and yeah, uh, we almost had to ration it for yeah. the general population because people we just weren't producing all that i mean you know people most i mean 99 percent of people accepted it and we're right. we're very grateful for everything and, absolutely and, and, and you know this this whole pandemic has really it, it it in a way it's kind of restored my faith in people um that you know 99 plus percent of people in this country are good people yeah. yeah and you know and you know understood completely you know when we told them you, know, you get what, what was it six ounces or eight ounces it was, uh yeah eight ounces yeah and eight ounces yeah per day was how we rationed it and eight ounces is a good bit of hand sanitizer yeah right um, i mean that, that should last you at least for a week or two oh yeah a week or yeah. two yeah. So, i mean if you're not a doctor right. you know, yeah. if you're yeah. using right. it every now and yeah. again when you go in the yeah. grocery store exactly. once or twice a week yeah Makes of sense. course, we made exceptions here and there. Like I had, I had some people come in that had like severe disease, like immune diseases, and I was like, 
why don't why don't we go ahead and let you let you <laughs> give you some yeah right. give you some as much as you need or last year a while and, you know yeah. a couple of people from Domino's Pizza you know I mean yeah. like you don't really think about it but like Domino's right. I mean, like the delivery pizza, drivers the pizza delivery yeah. drivers first like, responders right I mean here. right are, I mean like those people are really workers. those are, those people, grocery store workers, they're the kind of the forgotten heroes in all this. That how much hard work they did, like they kept our country kind of going for a while. Yeah, I mean when you when you shut down restaurants and you shut down bars, you shut yeah. down distilleries, you shut down breweries, and people have to resort to cooking at home. They're gonna cook at home. People yeah. are, are gonna eat. Where you know if we right. have yep. if you have the resources, you're going to eat in this country. You know you're not going to just sit around and go. Oh well, I guess we'll just skip dinner tonight. You know we can't get to a restaurant. It's no. All right, let's go to the grocery store. Let's go ahead and let's buy what we need, and we'll cook for the week. And so grocery stores were just flooded, and yeah. just masses of people were, were in there because it's all they had. It's all and, the options that we have. And then during the those delivery times. people too. Yeah, and then the yeah. delivery people. You know yeah, you it's had just crazy. It was it's crazy to see which avenues of the economy remained open and even boomed during this COVID craziness. I I do always find that so, so interesting too, the way different industries kind of uh, work. Like uh, uh, there's busy times for like, you know, Thomas, like Thomas was telling me how, you know, for babies having, like people having babies, it's, they have them, when Mm -hmm. is that? There's like a seasonal variation yeah. to deliveries. Yeah, and like uh, so um, for makes sense. So for yeah. like pizza delivery people, like I think it's so interesting to talk to them, and like they have little inconsistencies like that too, and little like they have busy times and not busy times. And I got to know a couple of them; they, they were really fun. And uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it was, anyway, yeah, it was kind you, of a, you, you learn different people that you wouldn't have yeah. spoken to had COVID right. probably not happened. Yeah, yeah. for sure. This, you is, know. this has been. I mean, it's been a horrible experience. Right. I mean, for. I mean, every aspect of it. Yeah, I mean, it's, but, a, it's a Monday night, and we're right. able to host a podcast right. in the tap room. Right. Or right. what is it called a tap room? What's the technical term? So we're a tasting room here. Tasting yeah. room. Yeah, so okay. uh, luckily, and, uh, like, we, we, we actually do have some taps. So uh, we have yes. a couple of yeah. uh, tapped uh, vodka sodas, and uh, they're, they're similar to, like, a, what you think, like, a seltzer would be. Uh, okay. So it's, uh, it's a, way better. Yeah, way better. Yeah, it's, it's naturally flavored. Not, not to dog anybody, but yeah. So should we, should we, should we, should we try some? Do you want to try some? Let's do it. All right, cool. Yeah, let me go. Do you grab like oranges or berries? Berries. We'll do, we'll do berries. All right, let's, I'll do, a, yeah. let's do a berry. That'd right, be cool. great. Yeah, yeah, I'll be right. All right. So, so while he's grabbing that, uh-huh. you've got the, the the chemical background. You've got the doctor sure. background. Yeah. You've got all this background to craft all of this stuff. Is it, is it really as complex as I think it is, or is it really simple? <laughs> it's this is a valid question. So complex. <laughs> um, nobody can. Nobody do it. else in the world can do it. Um, you know, I mean, like, if, if you think about the the basics of distilling, mm-hmm. people have been doing it for probably so, over so, a thousand years. So let's, let's take a step further back. Yeah. What are the basic steps of distilling? So basically, you take a mixture of, uh, you take beer, or you take a wine, and you boil it. Okay. And alcohol has a lower boiling point than water. Mm-hmm. Alcohol boils in the 170s. Um, water boils at 212. A mixture of the two boils somewhere in between. And so the... Uh, you know, basically, you're just separating out the... I mean, it's the same thing they do in a petroleum plant. 
you're separating out different compounds out of the alcohol by the boiling temperatures. There's some things that come off of the still kind of early on that um, you know aren't so good to drink. So things like acetone. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's fingernail polish remover. If you yeah. like, that's that's not great to drink. No. So do you have your own line of fingernail polish um, remover? I I don't, but my my wife has a ready supply of fingernail <laughs> polish remover. Um, so uh, you know, so that stuff kind of comes off of the still first, um, and then you collect the the middle part, which is the the good alcohol, and then you have other compounds that come off at the end. Okay. And and that those sort of things. They're probably not poisonous. They're probably they don't taste real good though. Makes um, sense. So is there is there an alternative uh, use for them? Not really. Okay. Um, so um, I'm fixing to feed some to probably tomorrow to some deer. Um, well, you know, that's an alternative source. The leftover stuff I'm gonna dump on my farm and let um, let, let the deer enjoy. Let the some. deer enjoy it. Yeah, so, so a lot of farmers uh, use the stuff that we uh, that we do when we do uh, our whiskeys. So uh, we did some corn mashes, and uh, we did a couple of uh, malt mashes, mm -hmm. and we we uh, just donated those to. They they came and picked them up, fed them to. You know, cows can eat that, horses can eat that, deer can eat that. So what, so uh, what is the impact on the meat after eating distilled mashes? Uh, so it, I don't know. I'll tell you next year. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it just, I mean, like, our, you know, so our, our leftover rum, for example, mm. um, you know, the stuff that's left in the pot after, after it, it kind of, it, it doesn't have any sugar in it, but it has a lot of the flavors and smells of molasses. Um, it's not nearly as thick as molasses, but it, 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 it has a lot of salts in it, a lot of um, protein still. Um, you know, peep, if you walk into any, like, hunting supply store, they actually have molasses sort of blends on the shelf to, yeah. to for deer. Um, Makes sense. I, I have a farm in North Mississippi, and I'm going up there tomorrow and making some deposits. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna. Thomas has a day off, so he's gonna go work on the farm tomorrow. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. So what are we? What are, what are we drinking here, Drew? All right. So this is a. Uh, a it's good, soda. whatever it is. Uh, and we added some uh, some berry extract to it. Some uh, just it's just a natural. Uh, berry concentrate concentrate that we get and uh it's real nice isn't it like that it's, 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 it's nice it's, it's made with our vodka and then it's uh lightly carbonated it's, yeah it's seven percent alcohol so like it, it sneaks up on you uh, I, 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 I can see how it would fast. sneak up it's yeah. very it's very drinkable huh? it's not you know too carbonated where it's just like popping in the back of your mouth right but at the same time it's got the that berry flavoring to it that it's you could just this is a sipping and refreshing yeah, nice and refreshing summer day kind of drink. Opposite, no, out, yeah. opposite of what we've got here in October, right? Huh? Yeah. Well, this still, I mean, it's, it was kind of a summer day today. Yeah, it was. I mean, yeah. It's, it's, the skies are bluer during October. It's still just as hot. Yeah. But it's like the skies are just prettier for whatever reason. Yeah. Until Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, I'm, yeah. I'm curious as to what's going to happen on Wednesday, in all honesty. Boy, yeah, me too. Yeah. 
But enough of that. Enough of that. So what what else do y'all make outside of? So we've got the we got the peach liqueur, which oh, yeah. was very delicious. It had a the peach was very strong on that. Like you, right. you I drank. I'm like, am I eating a peach right now? Like it was. Yeah, it's like that's the into flavor. A peach. Yeah. So uh, did you ever did you try any of our strawberry liqueur? I never tried the strawberry got, liqueur. Uh, try, next year, look for that. It's like biting into a strawberry. Uh, uh, also, I grabbed two two other bottles. Uh, I grabbed a bottle of our coffee and a bottle of our uh, loquat liqueur. Uh, are you familiar with a loquat? I'm not. I'm reading on here. It says Japanese plum. I'm assuming correct, correct. That's so what a loquat is, is. Uh, just another name for a Japanese plum. Okay. Uh, it's. They grow all over the place here. Yeah. Um, really? I think a lot of people have them in their yards and don't. If they know what they are, they don't like them because they fall in their cars. It's this little yellow fruit that has a gigantic seed in it. Wait. Okay. Um, big, <laughs> I think I think I know yeah. what you're talking about. So it has now. A, it has a big broad green leaf. Mm-hmm. And they fall in your car in like uh, April. Yep, yep, um, yep. And they make a, like squirrels love them because they love the seeds. Mm-hmm. And then um, just like my cypress trees, my lo- yep. the squirrels love the little cypress balls, which is terrible. So, um, but uh, so our distiller Dean, um, it's very he, different. He made he made a um, a liqueur out of it a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And brought me a sample from what he made at his house, uh, and I was like, "Game on!" So, um, so yeah. So uh, me and Mitch, shout out to Mitch and uh, B Saber. We and, uh, and, and yeah, Jennifer and Jennifer Mitchell, Jennifer yeah. Mitchell yeah. also in B Saber. Uh, she uh, uh, hooked us up with some uh, loquats, and uh, we we macerated them in our white rum. And, uh, and lightly sweetened it, and yeah, it's I mean, delicious. To me, this is just the perfect sipper at the end of the day. I mean, after that is dinner, good. man. Oh, yeah. It, that's it's, good. it's like an aperitif almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's good. It's sweet. It's smooth. There's like almost no bite to it. Right. But it just goes down. It's almost like, is there molasses in there? Nope. Well... I, you know, I mean, I guess there is a little well, bit. I of guess, yeah. I, I guess. mean, the rum is made from molasses. Yeah, it's got ten percent. It's got a little okay. bit of molasses. Man, you've got 20. a really nice palette yeah. there. You're, I, you're picking out molasses. Yeah. Well, I just it was it wasn't because I was like, <laughs> is, is this in cane sugar? I was right. like, because I know yeah. that's in my coffee every day, right? Right. Um, I was like, this is this is something sweeter, so something thicker, and so that's what hit me was molasses. So, and David Steele from Be Sober, you should be impressed with my palette. Yes. Nice. Moving on. Um, <laughs> the um. Our cane sugar, though, is kind of like a raw sugar. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it comes straight from the mill. Yeah. So it it still has molasses in it, and you know, it's still it's it's not brown sugar. It's it's just a raw turbinado sort of sugar. So yeah, I, I always get a lot of molasses out of even out of our cane sugar. Right. That makes sense. We my my mom she used to uh, she used to make homemade bread. Mm-hmm. And we would use and cinnamon rolls. So the best thing was her homemade cinnamon rolls out of the ground. She would grind her own wheat. We would Man. use the chicken eggs. We would wow. have the flour, and we'd also go across the river to Alma Plantation in New Roads mm-hmm. and buy the raw cane sugar straight from oh, the right. plantation awesome. over there. And that is, you can't beat it. Yeah, you can't beat the raw cane sugar. So, I mean, how how did you even think to start to coming up with something out of a, a Japanese plum? You know, again, um, you know, Dean, that this is the liqueur that Dean made. Um, um, and brought to us. Well, there's another thing I kind of want to bring up here. We are constantly doing experiments. Yeah. Uh, so, I, so how do you experiment on a small scale? Like, is there a certain equipment you use? What's that process? So, 
it's very precise scientific equipment. Um, <laughs> I imagine a five-gallon bucket or something. No, it's not even Sometimes nearly that pretty. large. Um, so, you know, I think a lot of distillers talk about, you know, their experience distilling. Uh, does it hit to use the word illegally? How about... Um, Experimentally. Clandestine. Yeah, for science. Um, right, yes. For science. Uh, you know, back in the back holler with their granddad. Um, you know, a lot of people have that kind of story. Our, our granddad was a family court judge, and he did not have us <laughs> still in the back. Um, uh, so, you know, when, when I got this idea probably eight years ago when I started really thinking about doing a distillery down the road, I started just buying commercial products, commercial vodkas, commercial brandies, uh, commercial rums, and started macerating things in um at home okay um so taking a raw fruit or a raw it's been vegetables it's been rhubarb it's been lots of i, I think i'm on an experiment about 120 right now um i have a okay. lab book that's hidden um with all the different yes, with recipes all the different and variations yeah i mean it, it, and uh you know, just started kind of going through things Okay. Um, my wife got to taste about a third of them because about two-thirds of them got dumped down the drain because they weren't very good. Yeah, I, was, I was about to say, um, what, what's the worst thing you've tried to <laughs> blend or create? Watermelon. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, you think watermelon would be good in yeah, I, you know, I, I, distilling. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you, would, you would think. <laughs> but that's not the fact. That is not what happened. Okay. Um, it, it smelled like matches. It, it pulled some sort of sulfur note out of it, and I, I'm like a super smeller of sulfur anyway. Mm -hmm. um, super like, smeller. Like, which is not ideal. Do you get, like, dub that title? How is that? Man, I, 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 I get the super smeller of, of sulfur. Like, I, I can smell sulfur <laughs> I can smell out of sulfur. anything. Yeah, I, and, out of but watermelon. That, but, like, I, I don't know what it was, but, but it was The same putrid. with uh, satsumas. Like, you, really? Like, we, we love satsumas. We, like when mm -hmm. they're in season, we eat them like crazy. And everybody's got a plethora got, of them. Yeah. They have no idea what to do yeah. with them. And we have not figured out how to turn that into a quality spirit yet. Yeah. But we're working on it, and, and we're going to get it. Like I, like this year, we're going to go a different route. We've already talked about it, and uh, I, I think our plan for this year is going to be good. Same with kumquats. Kumquats. Last year, we had a kumquat liqueur. And I loved it. And again, where I'm going back to, you know, I have to love it. Thomas has to love it. And Dean, our distiller, has to love it too. And I loved it. But I loved it because I, I really, you really like wanted idea. to love you it. Wanted to I love wanted it. To you love wanted it. to love a kumquat but Thomas talked, liqueur. Thomas told me, he, he sat me down and it was like, Drew, it's not great. <laughs> You're wrong, like, Drew. <laughs> yeah, he did. It's like, you need that, man. Like, yeah. people that don't have somebody that can sit them down and tell them, hey, look. You're wrong. Like, that's not... How old are you, Drew? Uh, I'm 39. Okay, so I've been telling Drew that he's wrong for 39 years. 39 years, years um, yeah. So, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. 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 I was four when he was born. And so, so yeah. then can you all distill a brandy? Or is that a different process? We, we can. Uh, I doubt that we ever will, though. Uh, Why? Well, so, um, you know, a couple of things. I've got to draw a line at some point on things we're going to make. That's... Um, you know, like, I don't think we're ever going to make or an agave-based spirit. Right. Sorry. 
I know I'm breaking that to you right now. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. We've talked about this. Now, like, the door is not slammed shut there. Because we're right. still there's may, a There's a crack in there. There's still a crack in the door. We bring some tequila in and age it here. Mm. So I take it you that's like, I take door, it you like tequila. The, I really want tequila on the tasting side of this bar. Like, it would be. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Not anytime soon. Yeah. Just, yeah. Um, we'll get there. But, we'll, we'll um, get there. We'll you know, there. I think. Got to work, work on it. <laughs> if you, it, it's hard to grow good and I don't want to dog people, but right. good quality French grape varietals don't grow in Louisiana. Okay. Um, they're, they're finicky. They don't like humidity. Well, um, that's yeah, it's yeah. not going to work here. Yeah. That's not going to They're out. They're yeah. out. Unless you grow them in a greenhouse, that's right. not happening. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I mean, you know, Pinot Noir, um, you know, Ugni Blanc, uh, Colombard, you know, the things that, like, you think of to make cognac from, for example, um, they, those grapes just aren't going to grow here. Yeah, I guess, um, I mean, that makes sense. We don't have the right climate for it, you know, yeah. and that's growing. Muscadines grow here? They, they do, and I've got um, a friend who lives by my parents out in Sunshine, Louisiana, that makes some great muscadine wine from out of here. I've yeah. never had it, but and, I've heard it's great. Um, we, we, if we make a brandy, it's going to be a muscadine brandy, okay. um, just to, to keep it local. Um, but in all the research we did beforehand, oranges and citrus, I mean, you were talking a second ago about your kumquat brandy. It's very simple. Citrus. Yeah. Well, no, it's not. It's not very simple. Citrus and brandy go together the best, I think. Um, if you think about the really good orange liqueurs that are out there, I mean, it's Grand Marnier. Um, that's based on cognac. Um, and so the, uh, you know, I think that is something that over time just really kind of met. I don't think we're ever gonna make brandy here unless we make a muscadine brandy. Maybe an apple brandy that's on the down low. We'll see. Um, we'll see. We'll um, but uh, is it is the same as the tequila? The door's not quite slammed. No, the door's much yeah, more open on door, apple brandy. The door's wide open on that one. The, yeah. okay. The, ap okay. the apple thing is is a lot more wide open than than the tequila. Thing. Yeah, there's a ninety five percent chance we'll make an apple brandy yeah. at some point. Ooh, there's less than a five. Yeah, we have the the garage door in the back open on that apple yeah. brandy. Ooh. Um, yeah. but, um, cause we both really love apple oh, brandy. Oh, I love apple brandy too, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. but, you know, I think a great brandy, uh, so, you know, we're, and we're very transparent about, you know, like I said at the very beginning, we try to make as much of our stuff here as we can, I mean, from local products as we can, mm -hmm. but if, if something's not available here, we're going to go and source it where it, where it's best. Makes um, sense. So, um, yeah. you know, so our orange liqueur, for example, um, was... Florida. Well, so no, the oranges are from here. Okay. The yeah. oranges are from Napoleonville. Yeah. Um, but the brandy, it's based on brandy, but so the brandy was a California brandy. Gotcha. Um, so we went to a, a distillery in California and got brand, a two-year-old brandy from them. Yeah, and it makes, it makes sense. You're not trying to necessarily force something that's not going to work from here right. just for the fact of saying it's from here absolutely right. you know you want to create a good product if you can use all local resources and all local supplies fantastic but if right. not by all means you're going to make sure it's a quality product first yeah exactly and uh, uh sometimes we're pairing 
local products with a product from outside of the local area mm -hmm. because it works better. Right. And that's what we did with the with the orange liqueur, which Thomas is talking about. Uh, I mean, that's the best example of that. I mean, just because that it, brandy works so well with those oranges. And, and uh, when I get the, the kumquat going, because I really love a kumquat brandy I liqueur. Kumquat, yeah. um, I it's mean, pretty good. Like, I, it's pretty good on some bluebell ice cream. I, I, no doubt. Um, oh, yeah. And I was so disappointed in the one that we made this year. Yeah, it just... Um, it, it just, but the... I wanted um, it to be good, but it's... Yeah, I, I think we'll probably do a kumquat brandy liqueur. We'll probably do an... We'll, we'll always have an orange brandy liqueur. Um, and I think we'll probably do some other citrusy brandy stuff. Um, I think that's probably, you know, we may do a chocolate brandy liqueur. Um, we're working with some people on that. Um, but I don't think we're gonna do a whole lot of other uh, things with brandy. Um, I think if we do a muscadine brandy, it'll be kind of small batch that, um, you can control it and yeah, not I mean, get too crazy. We'll do a couple. We'll, we might do a barrel a year, a couple barrels yeah. a year. Yeah, something. and by the way, I, uh, I haven't called Guinness on this yet, but I think we're going to set the record for most products being released by a distillery in their first year because, I mean, we... What are y'all at right now? Jeez, I can't even think. Like, we've got five different rums. We've got... Four different liqueurs, five different liqueurs, really, because uh -huh. one is one has been uh, uh, sold out already. Yep. Five well, batches of batch brandy. Five of our or bourbon. Of bourbon. Yeah. And, uh, and we've got a corn whiskey, and mm -hmm. oh no, actually six because we did the special release mm -hmm. of uh, well, seven. If you want to talk about B Sober's oh, yeah, pick, B Sober's pick. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I mean, we're just they're adding up. I mean, we just keep, <laughs> we're forgetting stuff that yeah. we're that we've produced this year, and we're in year one. Yeah. And uh, so our 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 experimental like stack right now is stupid. Like, and there's so many good things that we're going to be dropping here in just absolutely. a minute. Like, uh, we are on the precipice of probably ten. Thomas, like, I'm not. No, that's probably true. That's probably right. That's right? probably pretty close. Ten new items coming out. For for wow. 2021 i think yeah. we'll have another 10. yeah um and that's just what that's that we're going to repeat uh, we're definitely repeating strawberry we're definitely repeating orange mm -hmm. we're uh definitely repeating peach we're going to have a kumquat so like the list of stuff that we're going to have available is just going to be so you know i think drew and i both probably have add to a degree a little bit. yeah um you know i Let's squirrel. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, wait, what? Inside. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and plus, it's another um, thing. Like so. me being behind the bar back here, I can yeah. only use spirits that we make in house. Yeah. Right. So I like. There's all these drinks that I want to make and all these things I want to do, and I can't because you know I'm missing this or that or this. Yeah. And you're essentially creating your own bar. Right. Right. So it's, you can have all these different drinks, these different varieties, yeah. which is genius. You know. And it's also, you know, risky. Yeah. Yeah. Risky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. One man's genius is another man's yeah. mad. Yeah. 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 Some people say the true definition of genius is insanity. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. well yeah. Yeah. it's all good. The yeah. difference between being crazy and eccentric is, uh, you know. How much money you make out of it. How much money you make. I love that. So y'all are doing a lot. There's a lot happening yeah. here. Oh, I'm sure over the course of less than a year, y'all have kind of gathered some lessons along sure. the way. 
what are, you know, maybe one, two, three lessons that y'all have gathered and harnessed over the course of making what Guinness might call the most spirits from a distillery? Um, well, I think one lesson that's really easy to tell you, mm -hmm. um, don't launch a new spirit brand when a national pandemic happens. That's a good lesson. Yeah, that's, that's a good lesson. I don't know how much we'll be able to repeat that yeah, lesson. Like, I hope we never repeat I hope, that I hope lesson. We never repeat. I hope that's the yeah. only time we ever have to hear that um, lesson is, hey, so during a, a global, not a national, global pandemic. Global pandemic, yes. Don't release new spirits. Right. Yeah, I don't know how, uh, like, they say vision is 2020, but, like, 2020 is, really is such, a, such a bad <laughs> word nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, By the way, I've had that joke in my pocket for like yeah, he's been weeks, on like that. just sitting there. Like, All right, we'll yeah. make sure we clip that out. Clip yeah. that out. Just that section. Vision 2020. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think a couple other lessons we've learned. Um, Rule number one, give the people what they want. Yeah. Like uh, we, we, uh, That's actually we listen, yeah, we listen to a lot of, uh, 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 of different people and, uh, one of the big things is is just because we're not a big fan of something doesn't mean we're not going to do it. Right. Like we've got stuff that we're uh, we've got in the works that you know we're not huge fans of, but at the same time it's we're going to do an awesome representation of that. And even though it well the best representation of that is our corn whiskey. Literally not like when I say not my favorite style of whiskey, like. If there was such a thing as whiskey that I don't drink, mm. that would be it. It's a corn whiskey, unaged, not great. But Thomas, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say this. Okay. Our distiller Dean, he hit a he hit a home mm -hmm. run with that. We tasted it off the line and like at at proof coming off the line, we were like, holy cow! Like this is not supposed to be this good. Like and. Uh, uh, we already had plans for different different stuff with it, and we, of course, we pivoted, did something else, and and then uh, of course, uh, right after that, we uh, pivoted again with the naming and uh, no, yeah, 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 but that's a different story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so don't start a new product line during COVID right. or a global pandemic, mm -hmm. for that matter, <clears throat> and. Always listen to your people. Listen, yes, thank give you. The people what they give want. the people yeah. what they want. Because at the end of the day, they pay the bills, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. And I guess the other yeah. lesson I've learned is, um, you know, this is a business. Um, you know, I mean, I, I love, I love passion projects. Um, and this is kind of a passion project. Yeah. But at the, in, at the end of the day, it's a business, too. The, the, the um, best businesses are the passion projects that turn a profit. Right. Right. Absolutely. And if, <clears throat> I, I love things that people have passion about. Like, I don't care what it is. If yeah. you have passion about beef jerky, I'm going to appreciate your beef jerky more. Right. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And, uh, Which, if you have a beef jerky in Louisiana, hit me up. Yeah. yeah me too. Uh, <laughs> the... Uh, but hmm. but it's like a let me write that down. Like people that <laughs> people that you Next know like are in beer and they're they just love beer and they they're they're producing and they're doing great stuff with it and they're doing unique right. stuff with it. Yeah, I love that. And like when you come here, that's what we give you. We give you. We don't we don't tell you. Uh, if I had an email today, somebody was asked about her vodka, and like I think she was expecting a 
one sentence answer. And I sent her like a paragraph of like, hey, come on by, I'll show you, like, I'll open up, show you exactly how we make it, exactly the whole process. And uh, that's the kind of stuff that makes a difference between, you know, uh, uh, when you're at the store and you're looking at bottles and you see our bottle and then you see the one next to it that's, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know who sits next to Competitor it, X. Competitor yeah. X. Yeah. And, right. You know, they're just, they're just pumping, out, pumping out vodka, you know. And right. And it's, it, it goes back to what I like to, like to see is a brand connection. I like to have a connection to a brand in some form or fashion. And that may just be me, but I'm sure I'm not the only one alone. In, I'm not alone in that. You know, it's having to know who the people are behind the product to me is so important. If it's a great product and there's nobody behind it necessarily, maybe I'll try it. You know, but if it's a great product and I know the people behind it, I know right. what they stand for it. I know what they support. I know what they're after. I know what they're about. I'm going to support them 10 times out of 10. Right. You know, and it's, I'm all about these people that are here to create something that's beautiful, that's wonderful, that's truly giving the people what they want. And I'm going to pick that over somebody who's just pumping out a thousand, ten thousand, a hundred thousand of these because it's what sells. Right. You know, and I'm not, probably not alone. I'm probably in the minority there, though. But I think that's starting to become more and more, especially during COVID, especially during a global pandemic. People are realizing, okay, I need to see what's going on in my local community, in my local economy, because when... I put money into that, and I buy a bottle of Sugarfield Spirits. I buy a bottle of something local. I'm putting that money right back into the economy because y'all are buying local products. You're making your products with local stuff. Right. And so we're able to grow our, our economy as a whole together by keeping that circle of funds going in. Absolutely. So one of the questions I like to ask is, which I probably know the answer to this too already, is if you could do something today that you did as a kid, what would it be if no one stopped you? Or to rephrase question. it, what is something you did as a kid that you would love to do today if no one told you you couldn't? So Thomas and I, Th Thomas brings this up a, a lot, and uh, he talks about his guidance counselor when he was in, <laughs> when he was in high school. And okay. his guidance counselor never told him that being a distiller was an option. Or and then a winemaker. Or a winemaker. Like in, like, we and, need to have more conversations to, yeah. around being a, uh, a brewery, being yeah, around a distillery. Right. Those like, jobs are, are available. Yes. Yeah. Or, or, like, or like, make your own. Yeah. yeah. Let's, or, or let's make this a, you know, uh, uh, and, uh, uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, a career path. Career path. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, or, uh, oh, man. Getting old, man. Thirty-nine years old. Thirty-nine, so old. A major in college. Major in college. See, yeah. that's we, we like to complete each other's. Yeah. Thomas, we like to complete each other's Thoughts? spirits. Yeah. Sandwiches is the. <laughs> but, uh, uh, anyway, uh, so but uh, getting back to your point, uh, yeah, we like to. Uh, we're just now getting into this. This is our renaissance of our careers, kind of. Uh, uh, like I went from being in hospitality for 20 years and uh, I worked in restaurants, bars, uh, hotels my whole career. I, I managed people for 20, 15 years straight and uh, I, I went from that and I came over here to this and this is a whole new ball of wax. This is brand new territory for me and this is so exciting. Like I, I can't tell you how amazing it is when my phone rings 
I get excited again. For so many years, every time my phone rang, I wanted to cry and I'd a, pick it up. It was a fire you had to put out. Yeah, because it was I like I was literally walking into like I was on call twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, three hundred sixty five days a year, and whatever plans I had ended when my phone rang. Right now, my plans change for the good when my phone rings. So that's it's a different different way of looking at it. So that's good. And yeah, Thomas, I'm sorry. I know when your phone rings. It's still yeah. When my phone rings, I still have to go into the hospital. Well, well, um, yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah. well yeah. when your phone rings, Thomas, there's usually a baby that's in right, distress, yeah, and yeah. nobody wants that to right, happen. Yeah. Right. So they need Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't yeah. ever want your phone to ring. Right. Yeah. Um, so. You know, I mean, I'm still practicing as a, a newborn doctor, so, um, and I plan on doing that for a long time. Uh, but this is like my creative part. You don't want your doctor to wake up in the morning and get in the shower and go, hmm, I'm going to try this today. <laughs> um, I'm going to try to birth a baby this way today. Yeah, like, let's try something let's, new. Let's try something let's different. Try something different. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to. I'm going to dabble with this. Yeah, I'm gonna, Let's see if this, this works. Sounds like an idea. Yeah. So but I don't, here, this is a great creative way because, yeah, yeah I, I, do. I don't do that in my medical career. Right. But right. Disclosure. You know, I think he is a very professional doctor. Yes, I'm a very professional doctor. But, but Drew and I both are very creative people. And, you know, I get to come here and, and, and do different things. You know, like, <clears throat> Drew was talking about our experiments. So I have, like, what six different chocolates that we're working on right now They're really and good. you know it's it's like from They're six killer. different countries okay. and you know i'm like, you, you never think that chocolate would be different yeah right? you know what chocolate tastes like uh, I, but yeah but, but uh, sorry, i don't eat dark chocolate different variety oh, it's like crazy. Oh, i mean ecuador is better than uganda but uganda is really good I like Uganda better than Haiti, but the Dominicans. Oh, uh, the Dominicans really right good. There. I mean, it's the other side oh, of the Jesus. island. Like, um, and, and so in that that topic you brought up is something that we could do a whole podcast on of having a passion project that's profitable while also maintaining a full time career. You know, people think you have to have one or the other. You have to either be all in on your entrepreneurial adventure, or you have to be all in on your nine to five. Or for you, it's 24-7. Um, but having that option of having a creative outlet and having that option for your professional outlet is so powerful to people who maybe think that they're in a professional career and they can't have that creative outlet. You know, they don't have – they think, oh, well, I've got to be fully devoted to my job, you know, whenever I can. But having that option of saying, no, you can be creative. You can go out and found a distillery and distill whatever spirits you choose 120 recipes later mm-hmm. – and you can still be very successful at your professional career. You know, I, I do that within my own life. I was going to say, is this a... Yeah. It's a segment. Self, 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 self. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's self-realization, but it's also a, it's also a yeah. promotion for other people to not hang up the phone of entrepreneurship just because they're in a nine-to-five. Just because you're in a, a professional career and you're doing very well for yourself, don't just shy away from saying, hey, I have this entrepreneurship tendency that I want to create X, Y, and Z. I want to create model planes for little kids. Whatever it is, you know. For me, it's podcasting. But during the day, I'm an accountant, you know. Right. And it's while well, some people may see that it's very different. It's that creative outlet, absolutely, that gives me that that rush. You know. Yeah. yeah. I can sit all day and plug numbers and do a very very good job at it. 
But at the same time, when I come afterwards and I sit in the distillery and we talk to people and we talk to the founders and learn about their backstory, learn about how they got started, to me, that's like, it's, ex- it's exciting. And so it pushes you more in your nine to five to say, okay, I'm here mm-hmm. to do this, to pay the bills that's necessary, whatever. And then this passion project I go to is amazing and you can't wait to get there. But some people may just stop and say, I don't have time for it. You know, I don't have time to go and do calligraphy like I want to because I work at an engineering firm or whatever it may be. So let me let me challenge you. Okay. Because so there's 168 hours in a week. It's good math. Yeah. Um, and I would say that you know, even if you're working, let's say you work 60 hours at your theoretical engineering job. Right. Well, that's on the high end. Yeah. Right. Normally it's 40, but we'll give him 20. We'll give him, we'll give we'll him, give him 60. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You still got 108 hours in a week. Right. Now, you got to sleep some. Not eight hours. They say eight. Doctors say eight hours a day. I think you can live off five. Mm. It, it depends doctors on the say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not baby doctors, but <laughs> some doctors say that you should sleep eight hours a, a night. Mm. I've, I've lived off five. Yeah. Four and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You make it work. I mean, I've been up since three. So, um, I mean. Uh, yeah, don't ever try to out. I won't, I won't, I won't. But, you know, I mean, I think that you, um, you, there's more time in your life than you think. Yes. And you can always do something. Like, if, if you have that itch to be creative and maybe be an entrepreneur, go for it. Like, like. This, I, I think right now is the perfect time to jump into something. Especially during, yes. Like, right. I mean, because I think in four to six months, our country is going to be coming out of the, the worst two-year period in 100, well, not 100 years, because I'd say World War II was worse than this. But, you know, I mean, the worst period. People I mean, alive have experienced. Right, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, most people alive have ever experienced. I mean, this... And I think March, April, May, as the vaccine comes out, as we're, we're able to start kind of getting out of this funk that we're in, like, that's going to be the perfect time to, to start a business, to start yeah. a, to, to do something creative, you know, to get out there and, and do something. And just jump on this local, I think our country's really going to focus more on ourselves, focus more on our, um, on our local economies, which is, more which on is our, amazing. Yeah, which is amazing. This is a yeah. great opportunity for somebody to launch a small business. Yeah, and it's, um, even if you're not launching it right now, you're planning. Yeah. And you're building that. You don't necessarily have to build a business plan in the, no. in the normal sense of the word, but build something and actually plan something and put your thoughts Absolutely. down and kind of project, okay, if I do X, Y, Z, how's it going to turn out? And then just start executing. You know, it's not going to be all rosy and nice and shiny every single day, but being consistent over time and doing the monotonous right. will turn a result. Absolutely. You and, know, it's, it's, not, it's not pretty I th- doing I think everything. if you're not terrified, you're not pushing it hard enough. Oh, for sure. Because we, like, terrified is how I would say it. Like, well, we have been, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and, and it's... Ugh. But but you know that it, is small it, business. And again, it's a small business. It's entrepreneurship. If yeah. you're not terrified of waking up the next day and everything going horribly wrong, then you're not being an entrepreneur. Right. You're being somebody with a with a passion project, and by no means is a passion project wrong. It's a good start, 
But if you're like, no, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm going to dive off the deep end. Well, if you're not scared out of your pants, right. when you wake up in the morning that everything's going to go wrong and blow up, I, ch- I challenge you to innerly reflect, are you really an entrepreneur? Yeah. Well put. So on that I, note, so <laughs> one of my friends has this um, this chicken and pig analogy. Okay, so I'm intrigued. Yeah, so if a chicken and a pig are making breakfast, mm-hmm. the chicken's involved. Okay, the pig's committed. So you got you know, yeah, 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 right, 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 like, yeah. I see I mean, where you're going now. Like, yes, like yes. the chicken, the chicken's just involved. Yeah. It's, the pig's the chick- all in. The chicken's going to continue yeah. to like, make this breakfast. Yeah. You know, um, it, it, he's, he, he's not giving up himself. Now, right. if you start talking about a gumbo, well, then the chicken's yeah. all in. The chicken might be all in. Right. But, but the pig's all in. Yeah, but the, the pig's, pig's, all, all the pig's already chicken, all yeah. in. The pig's all in all the yeah. time. Okay. I mean, because like every, every good recipe starts with bacon. If it um, doesn't, or butter. Or, <laughs> or, you know. Bell pepper and onion right, and yeah. garlic. I, I, and I don't think that trip. works in yeah. the analogy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but, <laughs> but anyway, right. yes. anyway um, the pig's all in. Yeah, the, the pig's all in and, and, the and bacon and eggs, yeah. and the chicken's committed. Right. And, and, you know, I mean, I think that you can, you can look at that in a lot of ways. You know, are you a chicken? Or are you a pig? Right. Like, and, and, I, I'm a pig. Like, I'm all in. So, right. and, like, and, and neither one. Drew's a pig. I mean, he's I, all I, in I'm here. All oh, yeah. Well, he was bacon when we got here. Yeah. Um, but it's it's for but for those people that want to maybe maybe want to get their feet wet, it's okay to start out as the chicken. Absolutely, you yeah. don't you don't always have to jump in as the pig. A lot of people may, but for the majority of people, to make this more of an inviting experience in the entrepreneurial world, you can still be a chicken and still do some great things. But it is hard to say there will come a point in time where you have to be a pig. Right. Yeah. There, well, you can plan all day long you, you until can, you actually take action. Yes. You, you, you can plan all day long. Yeah. You can be a chicken all day long and provide and limp along here and there. But at the end of the day, it could be a decade. It could be yeah. tomorrow. There yeah. will come a point in time where to be a true entrepreneur, you have to be that pig. Right. You, you have, have to give scary. it all in. You have you to, have to, yeah. If you're not scared when you're going Absolutely. into it, or you're not there yet. You're still a chicken. You're still a chicken at that point. And you're not saying you're chicken, you're scared. Right. But well, you're... A little bit. Uh, all right, all right, maybe a little bit. Maybe but, we are. But, maybe we are. You know, we, <laughs> we talk about this all the time, but, you know, it's just, um, you know, the first 18 months of this, we were, you know, writing plans, and we hadn't really committed to anything. Yeah. Paper. Yeah. Like, paper uh, stuff. I mean, it was paper's just my, it was so just good, my time. You know? Like, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd spent a lot of time on it. Right. But... but yeah, you can plan all day long. At but some point, you got to jump. Thomas, you want to do the Mike Tyson quote? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah that, that's yeah, my favorite. That's yeah. one of my favorite quotes. Get real, get real close to the mic and so, tell us. Mike Tyson said, um, who's a great philosopher, um, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. That's a fact. That's a that's fact. It. That's like, a fact. I mean, like, you know, we, we jumped in about – probably 18 months ago yep and nine months ago we got punched in the mouth yep. um and that's what coronavirus was you know that was our like in and like it was it hurt oh, it hurt. oh cor- yeah. coronavirus is going to make a lot of chickens uh pigs and a lot of pigs chickens yeah yeah 
Absolutely. A lot of people are going to go to doing something part-time if they haven't already. Yep. Which they're probably just funding to keep everything going, which makes sense. Mm -hmm. But some people may, you know, go away from the chicken and just become the chef. Yeah. And I mean, they may no longer be involved at all, and they're just making it happen. Yeah. yeah I'm an eternal optimist. You know, I don't take care of 10-ounce babies when they're born and not be an optimist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I think I can... I, I think really happy thoughts about every every little you, baby you, I'm taking yeah, care yeah. of. You and you and me are the yeah. same. You and yeah. me are the same. Um, and you know, I, I I really do think that at the end of this, you know, our country is going to end up stronger for it. Right. Um. You know, with all the stress, all the conflict that we've had, you know, that's that's where you that's where you grow as a country. That's where you grow as a person. Absolutely. And I think that that is what our country, at the end of all of this, as we come out of it, in you know. I'd like to say six months, when, nine when, months, whenever a year, it may be. Whenever it com whenever we come out of this, there's going to be a there is a light on the other side of the tunnel. Yeah, it's not a train, and we're going to end up being a much stronger country and a much stronger people because of this. 100. percent I'm, so, I'm I'm with you all the like, way. So to just you I know, got really philosophical. I know, we got really like, philosophical. Yeah. I'm looking down. Like, I'm like, all right, we're going to uh, end this. Yeah, I'm like, all right, yeah. well, 20 minutes yeah. later, yeah. here we are. Yeah. Awesome. But it was great. I loved it. So. Um, one of the final questions is, what do y'all love most about Louisiana? I, I, that's an easy question. Right. The people. Man, the people around here are amazing. Uh, fantastic. They, uh, they, they love, to, love to party. They love to have a good time. Uh, I mean, we're in the business of drinks, so they, they love drinking. So we love that about them. But, but ultimately, it's... They never, they never quit being optimistic. They're always being, they're, they're always just a hundred percent in. Uh, I mean, how many, how many hurricanes do we have this year? I think this is gonna be our fifth. Fifth, fifth Fifth landfall. I mean, yeah. Lake Charles got hit like back to back, like yeah. two weeks in a row. And you go down there, and the people are rebuilding their houses. They're, they're just. Yeah. Nobody's moving away. They're, they're, they're just like, ah, this is just how it is we're, we're gonna have a good time while we're while we're here and uh, make the best of it and uh, to me that's amazing uh, what I love about this particular area is what we always look me and my wife whenever we travel we look for what are the people doing uh, is it easy to get around in is uh, are the uh, are there local things available and this area checks off all of those texts. Uh, we, we love it. There's a, the, the city has a soul. And, uh, I mean, I've lived in places before that just was, you know, just soulless. And that's, that's the worst. Like, you, you, ha you have a city that, you know, nobody wants to live there. You, you, you're there for a short period of time. You're just in and out. You know what, as soon as you move in. That's not the, the vibe around here. The vibe around here is, come on in, like uh, stay a while. We're, we're, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be here for a minute. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I like that. So, I mean, both of us are not from here originally. Um, we're both from. Uh, we grew up in South Carolina. Um, I haven't lived in South Carolina though in twenty something years. Twenty six yeah, yeah, years. Yeah, we're both vagabonds. Um, we moved yeah. around, and man, our sister's moving here. She's even more of a vagabond than we are. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think that. This is one of the most welcoming cultures that there is. Um, you know, 
I've lived in places where, you know, where'd you go to college? Where'd you, where do your kids go to school? And if you're not in the cool group, you're, it's, you know, some places are really clicky. Yeah, um, for This sure. is not that kind of culture. Um, this is a very open, welcoming culture. Um, as long as you're welcoming and opening yourself. And I think that's the thing I love most about Louisiana. Um, and then just the cool, like, people here love flavors and love food and love, like, just just yumminess. Yeah. Um, we're, we're, we're proud of what we eat and what we put yeah. into our bodies. Um, yeah. And, you know, this state loves its, loves its steak. Um, we grew up in South Carolina. South Carolina loves its state. Texas loves its state. But I think those are the three states that love their state the most. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think, um, you know, you love it for, for everything that it is. You, you love it for its culture. You love it for its food. You love it for its, you know, its warts. Because there's certainly warts on any place. Right. But, you know, I think everybody just kind of embraces everything. Let's learn from the past. Let's learn from, from everything. And I think that's, that's, that's what we love about Louisiana. I, I love all of that about Louisiana. I, I yeah. see, I see it, and every the guests I've had on, you know, this is fifty six episodes into it, and the the responses to that question or variation of that question has always been the people, and right. the people make up this great state, to make up the great city of Baton Rouge, where I'm from, and it's yeah. it's powerful to see that people always pull for people, and I yeah. love that. So to to end the show, one final question for y'all is, what can I do to help you? Drink. Yeah. <laughs> Drink a lot. It's going to be very hard. Enjoy it's going to be very challenging. Yeah. Um, enjoy yeah. And, you yeah. know, for everybody out there, just, you know, I mean, like, enjoy our stuff. You know, it's, it's a taste of Louisiana. It, it really is, you know, we want it to be the essence of what Louisiana is. That's not the tagline. It should be the taste that of Louisiana. Be, yeah. 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 Taste like, of Louisiana. Get with marketing. Yeah. Get with marketing on that. Yeah. Marketing? <laughs> Boom. Marketing. Yeah. Taste of Louisiana. Yeah. yeah. Well, Drew and, yeah, and drink local. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I think that that's a, that's a huge thing that I think this whole thing this whole coronavirus thing, just drink your local stuff and love your local people. And, and, and that, like I said, I'm an optimist. We're going to get through all this. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. I love that. Well, I'll, uh, I'll do my part and okay. drink as much as I can. Well, thank cheers. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm only one person though, so yeah. I'll see what I can do. Yeah. <laughs> but so thank you, Drew and Thomas for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, this is the second time. We've done something with y'all, and every time it's great. You know, anytime, awesome. with, anytime with booze and Louisiana booze is always a good time. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So thank y'all for coming on, and thank y'all, everybody, for watching or listening to the show. I really appreciate it. Make sure you thank check you out Sugarfield Spirits. Make sure you check out the Patty G Show. Obviously, if you're listening or hearing this, you're already aware of us. But make sure you're subscribed. Click that little bell button so you can get notifications when we go live on site or at the studio. And I am Patty G, your host here with Drew and Thomas. And y'all have a good night. Thank y'all. Cheers. I'm a simple man. Don't want to complicate ya.